we're, we're not looking at perfection. We're looking at progress when it comes to goals. You're going to have a bad day. You're going to have a bad week. You might even have a bad month. But the thing is, is as long as you get back at it as soon as possible, then you're not going to fail. Power to Live More with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organization, well-being, energy and resilience. I'm Joe Dodds and I started this show back in 2016 to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more. And by that, I mean how they focus on productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience to enable them to do more of the stuff that they want to do and less of the stuff that they don't. After 241 shows, I've taken a pause from doing new interviews to reshare previous interviews. They were too good to not revisit. So please do bear in mind that this podcast might refer to events from the past as current or in the future. But rest assured that the stories, tips and advice shared by my guests continues to be pure gold. Hello, my name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter and today Joe's interviewing Nelson Tressler. Nelson is a motivational speaker and the author of The Unlucky Sperm Club. He is the founder and CEO of I Got Smarter slash Goals Elevated. Nelson has used goals and personal development to design a life that he couldn't have imagined as a child born to a 15-year-old mother. Nelson became the first person in his family to graduate from college, served in the US Air Force, became the top worldwide producer for a top commercial real estate company. And he started over 10 businesses, including one of the country's largest privately held pet resorts. Back to the studio. Today, I'm interviewing Nelson Tressler of I Got Smarter. Welcome, Nelson. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to have a good conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So start by telling us who you are, what you do, and crucially, where you do it. Yeah, I I have quite the uh, original origin story. Um, You know, my mom got pregnant with me when she was 15 years old. Uh, While she was pregnant with me, her father, who was a local trash collector in a small town, uh, drove into the town square. There he spotted two police officers. Uh, He stuck a gun out the window and opened fire on those police officers, uh, killing one and critically wounding uh, the other. And eventually my grandfather was captured and brought to stand trial for what he had done. And uh, during, he would, during his trial where he was facing the death penalty, my mom got up and testi- testified while she was pregnant with me that the reason that her father had shot and killed that police officer was that that police officer had raped her and she was now pregnant with his baby, who was me. And um, my mom's testimony worked. My grandfather's first trial ended in a hung jury. Eventually, the state took the death penalty off the table and my grandfather was eventually found guilty uh, and sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole, where he ended up spending more than 40 years behind bars for what he had done, leaving behind in this small town, uh, my mom, uh, her 14 brothers and sisters, and now me to deal with uh, the circumstances of what he had done. Um, eventually, you know, I'm born to a 15 year old mother in a small town, 
under these type of circumstances where everybody knows your business and specifically, uh, you know, what my grandfather had done. This was the biggest thing that ever happened in, the, in this town, in this county. So everybody knew who I was and, and what, uh, you know, what my, what my mom was. Um, and eventually uh, my mom gets married uh, to the man who would become my stepfather. We quickly come to realize that uh, he's an alcoholic, that he's very physically and emotionally abusive to me and my mom almost on a daily basis. Uh, eventually my mom and him have four children in quick succession. And because of the lifestyle they're living, a lot of the basic needs of my siblings fall upon me as the oldest, uh, bottle feeding, diaper changing, waking up at 2 a.m. to put babies back to sleep. And this was having a huge adverse effect on my education because my mom would rather me stay home with her and help her with the kids than, than to go to school. And I remember, <clears throat> excuse me, going the last day of fourth grade and being excited to find out who I was going to have for uh, homeroom for fifth grade. And I look down at my report card and I see that I have straight Fs and that I'll be repeating the fourth grade. Uh, I had missed 50 or 60 days of school that year. Uh, the following year, I get placed into special ed to get the help that I need. I can't read. I can't write. I can't spell. Come to find out I have dyslexia. And that's the way my life was going um, until one day my stepfather was walking home drunk from a bar and there was somebody else driving home drunk from that bar and they ended up hitting and killing him. And it's at this point of my mom's life, you know, she's lived a brutal life up to this point, but, uh, you know, losing my stepfather broke her. She had dropped out of school in the eighth grade. She's never worked outside of the home. And no matter how hard she tries to wrap her her brain around how she's going to care for five small children. She can't do it. So it's at this time that she decides that she's going to take her own life and she attempts suicide. And unfortunately she wasn't successful in her suicide attempt, but when she did get out of the hospital, it was at that time that my family got split up and I went to go live with my grandmother, who was the wife of the man who shot and killed the police officer. And, uh, it's at this time, for the first time in my life, I don't have to worry about getting beat. I don't have to worry about caring for my siblings. I don't have to worry about food in the house or heat or lights. Uh, that was not always the case when I was living with my mom. So I started to reflect upon where my life was going. And, and I saw that it was heading in a direction that I didn't want to end up. And uh, one day a counselor came in from a, a local university and they talked about what it would take to get into college. And kind of the bells and whistles went off in my brain. And I'm thinking, man, if I could get a college degree, uh, my life would be set from there on out. And you know what happens whenever you tell yourself you're going to do something that's hard and, and difficult? Uh, that voice in the back of your head just starts screaming at you all the reasons you shouldn't even try it. And I remember, you know, as soon as I said I, I, I was going to go and try to get a college degree, I remember thinking, Nelson, you're in special education. You can't read, you can't write, you can't spell, you have dyslexia. Of the family that I came from, of my mom's family, of those 15 children, only two had ever graduated from high school. None had ever even gone to college. But I had, I had no real hope of living a successful life if I didn't change something up. So a long story short, it took me 12 years. It took me four different universities 
it took me four years in the United States Air Force, but finally I became that first person to graduate from college and get a college degree. Should I wow. keep going? <laughs> I'm just thinking, wow. I mean, yeah, no, yes, no. I, I've got so many questions. Um, <laughs> I suppose, as you say, you said that you have got the the origin story. I mean, this is like, you know, I don't know what I read in books or see in films and you, you lived through it. I, I'm really interested in how, where that, that sort of need to change your life and move forwards and, and, and persevere came from because it didn't sound like that was something that would perhaps have been natural. It may, it may have been. I mean, I guess where your family were, they were dealing with a lot, lot of things themselves, just different things and, and ending up with different results. But can, can, can you, do you know where that came from? Did it, yeah, just, I, you know? Yeah, no, I, and I get asked that a lot. I think, I think it came from my, my grandmother. Like I had a special relationship with my grandmother first, you know, I lived with her when my mom had me at 15 for a few years. And then I went back to live with her, but we had that special relationship and my gram pretty much every day of my life would look at me with, with these eyes and just say, Nelson, you're going to make something of your life. And she would say it so passionately and so strongly. And, you know, I loved her so much. And uh, I think a lot of it came from me wanting to prove her right. Mm -hmm. And uh, some of the drive came from that. I think some drive came from, you know, I was that kid. Pe no one expected anything out of me. If, if I ended up in prison, um, I don't think too many people would have been surprised. Mm -hmm. And so I was always kind of looked at as damaged goods. And I think a lot of the drive also came from that, that I was going to prove the people wrong that, you know what, I, I wasn't, uh, you know, I, I was worth something that I could be something. And so I think some came from that. And then um, I got placed into the uh, big brother, big sister program, uh, where they assign you a mentor. And uh, I got a, a, a great uh, guy who believed in me. And, and I kind of saw some contrast on how other families were and how other people kind of looked at the future of their lives. And I saw some of that. And uh, so that, that got me on my way. But when, yeah. when I, when I went to college, I went for a year, I went to play football. That that's what got me into college. My grades mm -hmm. were still horrible, but I couldn't afford to go back to school. I owed $3,500 after my first year and my gram made $4,800 a year on social security. So there was no way I was ever going to be able to go back. And that's when I decided I would join the Air Force on the GI Bill, which pays for you to go to college after you serve four years. Right. And I remember it was the first time I'd ever flown. And I'm in that airplane and I'm looking out the window and I'm just thinking, you know what? Nobody, where I'm going, nobody knows who I am. Nobody knows what my last name represents. Nobody knows what my grandfather did. I can be anybody I want to be. And it was the, like the most liberating thing mm. as I was flying in that airplane, knowing that it was up to me now to, to create the life that I wanted to live. And I think, I think because I had kind of been shackled by my family's past, mm. I think 
whenever that those fell off, I felt like, geez, this is easy now. I, I can go for it. Yeah. And, you know, eventually I did get my college degree and then I realized, hey, I can do hard things, things that take a long time, things that uh, are very difficult, but I can do them if I set my mind to it. And that's when I really became obsessed with goals and personal development. And I really have used those for the last 25 years to design a life that I couldn't have even imagined. Um, mm -hmm. You know, over the past 25 years, I, I went into commercial real estate out of college and uh, eventually became the top salesman worldwide for a top five commercial real estate firm multiple times, you know, closing more than a billion dollars worth of deals. I started more than 10 businesses, uh, including one of the largest privately held pet resorts in the country. Uh, I've been, I just celebrated my 25th wedding anniversary. And uh, I, I literally, you know, I wake up and have to pinch myself that I'm living this life that I'm living after coming from where I came from. Yeah, yeah. I do wonder, actually, interesting, the, the, the point you make about sort of going away and, and being able to leave everything behind, whether, you know, that's one of the, the downsides of, of this online social media world that people it's much harder to to move on especially if you've got people being you know curious and and negatively curious and and trying to find information out it's much more available now isn't it than it would have been back then i guess you know that in itself will make life harder for some people not to be able to sort of reinvent themselves not having that opportunity in the same way yeah no i i absolutely think i think so that that's going to be hard and i think uh I think some of the stuff that we put on social media is going to follow us around the rest of our lives. So, mm. I mean, I think that's something mm. to be cautious about of, of what you post and, and, and what you put out there because it, it lives forever. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the one thing with me uh, is nobody knew that story except for my wife. I mean, I told my wife before I, before I asked her to marry me just so she knew what she was getting into, but I never moved back to that small town. Uh, and, and when I got away from it, I never told anybody. I never told my friends. I never even told my kids that story right. uh, because it weakened me. And, you know, I was able to exit some businesses and retire from real estate and figuring out, okay, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? And I started to really reflect upon that story, you know, my origin story and why I was born uh, into that situation and had to deal with all that stuff. And I, and I realized for the first time, you know what, I've lived that life so that I can help other people overcome their rough circumstances. Yeah. And one of our philosophies that I got smarter is that things only have the meaning that you're willing to give them. Uh, you know, I, I believe you get to assign meaning to everything that happens to you. And if you get to do that, why on earth are we assigning so many negative things? I mean, I'm not talking about walking around with rose colored glasses in, in a Pollyanna world, but if you dig deep enough, you'll find that silver lining eventually. And just like the circumstances of my birth, um, forever, it weakened me. I never wanted to talk about it. Uh, and, um, I, I regretted that, that that was part of my life. And then when I gave it a different meaning and realized that that story is going to help, you know, thousands and thousands of people take control of their own circumstances, then it started to inspire me and motivate me. And now I love sharing that story. And I seek out, you know, podcasters like you 
who will let me share that story. The mm -hmm. circumstances are the exact same. The only thing that's different is I gave it a different meaning. And we get to do that with everything in our lives. Yes, yeah. Can you remember that that first time that you shared that publicly? Yeah, it was uh, when I started, I got smarter. Um, I had I had a, uh, a conference, uh, a meeting to talk about the business. And I wanted people to realize that you know, these philosophies, these strategies, this program is not something that I just pulled off of the internet and thought would work well. It was something that I have used, you know, to go from horrible circumstances to, you know, a life that I couldn't have even imagined. And I couldn't even share it as if it was me. I had to share it in the third person. So I shared it as if I was talking about somebody else and then at the end of it, I told them who it was, mm -hmm. but yeah, I, I couldn't even, I couldn't even share it. Like it was me because it was so difficult to share. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for sharing it on here. It's just still, um, <laughs> you know, you, you start the story and, 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 it, and it feels really, you know, big and, and, you know, all, all that potential trauma and so on. And then, and then you just keep adding <laughs> to it. it. It wasn't just one thing, was it? It was uh, so compounded, but you know, how everything has changed. So, so t tell us about, um, I got smarter. What, what, what do you do there? How do you work with people? What's, what's that look like? Yeah. So I got smarter as a goal achievement program. And, um, you know, I, I see the power of goals and, and I, I love goals. You know, I set goals. I pretty much bought every goal program out there for 25 years. I went to all the seminars and, and uh, you know, read all the books. And I just really became a, a goal and personal development junkie as mm -hmm. I saw the power of it. And I saw that, holy cow, I don't have to be who I am today. I can continue to get better and, and become a better version of myself. And I saw what worked as I was achieving my goals and what didn't work. And eventually, people would kind of know me as, as a goal guy. And I would give talks on it. Um, and people would come up to me and say, I really need to work on my goals. And I would sit down and work with these guys. And I, don't, I didn't charge. Uh, I was just doing it to help them out. And I'd spend three, four hours with them, teaching them everything that I kind of did to, to set goals and all that. And then I'd be excited for them. But then I'd see them you know, three, four weeks later, and I'd be excited and ask them, how are the goals coming? And their head would kind of drop and they'd say, oh yeah, I got to get back at it. And I'm like, geez, I spent four hours with you and you couldn't last a month or three weeks. Yeah. And I realized that, you know, people needed some sort of accountability. And so I would volunteer like, Hey, let me be your accountability partner and you be mine. And what I saw was not only did their goal achievement go up now that we were kind of partners and, and I was helping them stay accountable to what they said, my, my uh, goal achievement went up and I knew I was on to something. And eventually I got so busy. I was with three or four people helping them. And, and then I decided I would start a group um, to with people who wanted to achieve their goals. And we would rotate partners and have a monthly meeting and, and correspond with each other as uh, partners each month. We rotated partners uh, and everybody's goal achievement went through the roof. I mean, and, and these are these are good guys who are very successful. I mean, there were surgeons and lawyers and 
doctors and business owners, but there were also, there was a guy in there who was unemployed and no matter what position they were on, were in, they all kind of went to a different level of life and, and goal achievement because they were living in it with a focused mindset. And when I knew I was on to something, the, one of the wives of the men who was in the group came up to me and she said, Nelson, you can never stop this group. My, my husband is a different man. He's thoughtful. He, you know, he puts his clothes away. He's cleans up after himself and, you know, he's doing better at work and he's taking care of his body and his health. And he's like, don't you ever stop that group. And, and then six months later, all the wives of the men who were in my group started their own goal group because they saw how much their husbands have changed and what a difference it made in their lives. And that's when I knew I was on to something and I loved doing it. And that was about 10 or 12 years ago. And eventually after a few years, the group kind of split up because people had moved away and uh, all of that. But I always had that in the back of my mind. And when I was able to exit you know, the pet resorts and the other businesses and retire from real estate. I was like, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? You know, I, I, I'm not, it's not in me to sit there and watch waves crash on the shore, you know, all day. And I started to think about this and how it can change people's lives. And so, you know, I sat down and I wrote the program and um, I designed an app to make it easy because there were always things that we, we thought would really help people stick to their goals more consistently and just came up with it and uh, got it out there. And it is changing people's lives, no matter where people are, you know, find themselves in, in the uh, ladder of goal achievement, whether you think you're a, a good goal achiever or you've never made it past January uh, you know, on your New Year's resolutions this app will help you do it. And there's so many things in it. Um, You know, we break big goals down into four week sprints and we have a success partner that knows when we're in the app and doing our morning and our evening rituals. And there's just so many of those things that I saw where people failed that we've built into I Got Smarter that really the only way that you can fail at a goal is if you give up and and the app and the program and the community makes it so you never want to give up and you understand that, you know, it's a process and, and, you know, it's not perfection. Uh, it, it's progress. Mm. So, so talk us through a bit of what that sort of process looks like. I mean, as you say, many people set goals and, um, stick to them to a greater or lesser extent. <laughs> There's a whole yeah. spectrum. Um, what, what are the, the, um, what what keeps people or what what do you suggest people do to keep um apart from follow your program obviously <laughs> um, sure. to keep with their goals because as you say some people just seem to naturally go from step to step to step and everything goes swimmingly and other people just struggle with the the whole concept and and everything in between what what yeah. what sort of advice have you got for people around setting goals and and may, more than that sticking to them achieving them <laughs> Yeah. So, well, in my program, like I got smarter as an acronym. So the very first letter uh, is I, and it stands for the individual, you know, everything with goal achievement is about becoming that version of yourself that can achieve that goal. Everything starts and ends by the person that you're becoming that, you know, us always striving to reach 
the potential that lies within each one of us. And I think there's so much potential that never gets used because people don't realize how truly uh, special they are. And uh, so that's the first thing is we are constantly striving to become better versions of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I, I think, you know, in order to achieve a, go a goal, any goal, you need to become that version of yourself that can achieve that goal. So I think that's the first thing is, is working on yourself and not necessarily always, you know, looking to check, check off boxes. And then the G and I got smarter stands for group and, or community. You have to have that great support network around you. You have to have those people who are pulling for you, who are encouraging you, inspiring you and, and helping you stay accountable to yourself. That's one of the things I think accountability gets a bad rap because we all envision somebody, you know, screaming at us when we don't do what we were supposed to do. But the one thing with goals are these goals have to be your goals. They can't be the world's goals. They can't be your spouse's or your children's goals. They have to be your goals. And because of that, you're not accountable to anybody except for yourself. And what our group does, our community does, is we help you stay accountable to yourself. Uh, we're there to encourage and to support, but we're not there to judge if something happens to where you fall off you know, uh, the, the wagon, so to speak, for a, a week or even a month. And you know what? That's going to happen. And we also teach that we're, we're not looking at perfection. We're looking at progress when it comes to goals. You're going to have a bad day. You're going to have a bad week. You might even have a bad month. But the thing is, is as long as you get back at it as soon as possible, then you're not going to fail. The problem that a lot of people do is they have a bad day, a bad week, and then they just throw up their hands and they want to wait till some arbitrary date comes along to start over again, whether yeah, it be... I I get that. Yeah, I put that in my my blog only the other day. Exactly that. You know, you, I don't know. People are trying to eat healthily, and it goes wrong for an afternoon, and then they just eat badly for the next few days until Monday. <laughs> yep, exactly, exactly. So, so doing that, and then also along those lines is uh, one of the T's in uh, I got smarter. Just talks about time, but we break all of our goals down into what we call a four week sprint, and. People set annual goals. Annual goals don't work for a lot of different reasons. I mean, a lot can happen in a year, as we just found out in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but also, uh, there's no real urgency when you set an annual goal. There's you know, uh, you always it always feels like you have time to catch up if you don't do something today or this week or even this month and. And then you're scrambling at the end of the year to try to achieve these goals. And a lot of times you realize like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do it. But when you take, when you learn how to take that big goal and say, okay, what am I going to do in the next four weeks that not necessarily gets me that big goal, but I'm setting a goal in these next four weeks that's going to get me closer to that. And, you know, maybe your overall goal is to run a marathon, uh, but let's break that down and say, okay, I want to be able to run a 5k without stopping in the next four weeks. And then we teach you how to break that down into uh, milestones so that you can gauge uh, your progress. And now your mind has that urgency and your mind knows exactly what has to happen today, tomorrow, and, you know, this next four weeks to get mm -hmm. you to achieve that goal. And mm -hmm. that goal is always top of mind as opposed to, 
you know, I haven't gotten off the couch in two years and it's my goal to run a marathon. And then it feels like, well, geez, what can I do today to be able to do that? I'm so far away. But if you give your mind something that's very obtainable, uh, like I can run it, you know what, I can run a mile in the next month without stopping. And maybe at first of all, I'm going to walk a quarter of a mile and, you know, next week I'm going to run a quarter of a mile and then I'm going to be able to run a quarter of a mile and then walk another quarter mile to get up to a half and so on. And your, your mind loves that progress. And that's what this program does in these four week sprints is really breaks it down. It, it one, it, it, it shows you that you can progress. It gives you those mini wins. And then it also creates that urgency. And then you know, you, you talked about having to start over because you messed up. The one, the one great thing about our program is you're four weeks away from resetting, you know, evaluating and then readjusting your goals if you need to, mm -hmm. and even focusing on different goals. We, we only focus on three goals at a time. And I think that's another problem that people fall into is we all have hundreds of goals. And uh, if you're focused on you know, a hundred goals or, e or even 10 or 12 goals, chances are you're not focused on any. So yeah, we yeah. focus on three goals every four week sprint. And mm -hmm. then at the end of that four week sprint, we can continue to work towards those same goals, or we can say, you know what, I'm struggling in a relationship with my child or my spouse. I'm going to kind of focus on that for the next four weeks and I'll keep my you know, marathon goal and I'll keep my finance goal, but I'm going to switch up this to that. And that now every four weeks you get to readjust and really focus on those things that are important to you, very time sensitive wise. Mm. And how do you, how do people sort of do the work and focus on, on those things they need to be focusing on? Cause I, it, it's, you, you know you can set goals and and you've got your um plans of things that are really important and they're more important than anything but urgent stuff still often gets in the way i mean i, I was talking to some of my members this week we had a, a get it done session that we have every week and we were saying how we'd each of us done something that was like really important but had been hanging around for like ever <laughs> and yeah. hadn't got done and uh you know what a relief it was but it just reminded me of how even when things are you know really important often they still don't get done because the urgent stuff gets in the way how how do people make sure those things are, are happening in that in that sprint sure yeah so every morning in the app uh we do what we call a, a morning ritual and it goes through you know first of all it goes through gratitude and just be having that attitude of gratitude and pointing out that something you're grateful for so we we kind of prime the mind with that then the, the morning ritual, it teaches us success philosophy, either from I Got Smarter or one of our philosophies or, or something along those lines. And then every morning we review our goals through the app. And then after reviewing our goals, it takes us to the today's or the to-do screen for our goals. So we've just reviewed our goals. Uh, and now we're like, okay, what do I need to do today? in order to achieve that goal. And it shows you your milestones and everything. But so now you've put that in, okay, marathon, you know, I, I've got to run my half mile today. And I also have to, uh, you know, eat, you know, 1500 calories or what have you. And, and so you've spelled that out. And then it runs you through the rest of the morning ritual. And then you end and then 
when you end your morning ritual in the app, it automatically populates your task list for what your goals are. And it allows you to input other things that aren't goal related. So you can use this app as your, as your to-do list, your task list. But now after taking five to seven to 10 minutes to really plan your day and really plan those things that are important, that are going to move the needle. Now, all of a sudden you have a, a list that's populated and now you just look at that list and start doing the things and checking them off. And what you find out is taking that 10 minutes to really plan your day and to really focus on those things that are super important and not get pulled off on things that are urgent, but not necessarily important. What you realize is you get these things done because they're there and you, you end up actually having a lot more time because you're not bouncing from one thing to another. You're focused on, on your goals. And now you can do, after you get that to-do list done, now you can do the other things that are urgent that, that may not move the needle of your success as much as the things for the goals, but it's, it's about prioritizing because you know, a lot of people talk about Tom time management. We can't manage time, but we absolutely can, uh, you know, manage our priorities. And that's what this app helps you do. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Thank you. So one before we started, you, you said that you didn't uh, see yourself as being particularly, uh, digital technical. Um, obviously the app is one of the things that you use. What, what else are you using, um, tools or apps wise? Um, or is it the app and that's it? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I definitely use the app. I mean, uh, you know, and I, I work, you know, I, I make up for the things that I'm not good at by hiring people that are good at that. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've got some virtual assistants and, and some assistants and I, I love, uh, Slack, yeah. uh, you know, I, I've, I've fallen in love with that and that works really well. I like Trello, mm-hmm. uh, that's helping me a lot. Uh, what other technology? I mean, I love zoom now. Yes. <laughs> uh, and, and, and that's the one thing our program before the pandemic, uh, it was set up as a franchise and, and there were going to be goal guides who ran, uh, you know, these, these, uh, groups, but after the pandemic, and now everybody knows what, uh, zoom is now I can be the goal guide for anybody around the world where that wasn't going to be able to be the case. So, I mean, that's another one of those things that you think, yeah, the pandemic was horrible. Uh, but, you know, there are going to be some really good things that come out of this. And that was one of them is yeah. now I can, now I can be that goal guide for hundreds of people, you know, for, I got smarter as opposed to me teaching my philosophies and strategies to somebody else. And then they meet in a in-person group, yeah. uh, and, you know, and, and it's never as good as from the original. I mean, and so I, I'm really excited about that and really excited about, uh, being able to help more people individually, uh, you know, because of Zoom. Yes, yeah, yeah. And you talk about uh, virtual assistants and, and also um, using um, people to sort of filling gaps in your own um, uh, interests, capabilities, whatever. Um, what tips have you got for working with other people? Uh, you know, 
many people want to do that um, in one shape or another, whether it's through employees or outsourcing or whatever. Not everyone does do that. And, and often people do it, but aren't very good at it. So it causes more trouble than it solves. What would you, what yeah. tips would you give? You know what? I've, I've, I've run so many different businesses at the same time. So I've, I've kind of been forced into delegating really well. Um, you know, I was in commercial real estate and, and, you know, doing that full time, but I also was opening businesses and running those businesses and, you know, making sure that the processes and the procedures and the people, the three P's were all in place there. And, and then they could run without me there. And, And that was one of the key points when I was able to exit those businesses was, that I ran those businesses, they didn't need me to run. They they were running without me because of the processes and procedures and the people that I put into place. So when people came to look for an investment, they loved it because it wasn't the person who was there, you know, who the owner there every single day, you know, pulling the strings to make sure that the business ran great. And then a lot of times you buy a business like that and then they go away and then the business goes away. So yeah, I, I think delegation is a, is a huge thing and, uh, and learning how to delegate. Uh, it, it, my, my kind of thing is if somebody can do it 80% as well as I can do it, uh, I delegate it. And uh, it costs some money uh, to do things like that, but uh, it, it, it definitely frees me up to do the things that only I can do you know, as opposed to content and, and, you know, all all those things that, that I love to do. I don't have to worry about, I I don't like social media. I don't, I don't like doing the designs and, and all of that stuff. So I delegate that stuff out now and, uh, and it, it works really well. Mm -hmm. And what about uh, learning and improving yourself you've done a lot of that over the years um seemingly out of nothing sometimes um what what do you do now to keep um up with what's happening and and to develop yourself yeah so uh, part of my app uh every day we do something that makes us a better person and we write that into the app and whatever that is and uh a lot of times uh i'll listen to motivational podcasts I'll, i'll watch some great YouTube videos. Uh, I'll take a course. So I'm constantly trying to become that better version of myself. I think we owe it not only to ourselves and our family, but I think we owe it to the world to really strive and stretch and try to become that best version of ourselves. I, I, I will never reach it. Uh, one of the concepts in uh, our program, I Got Smarter, is also we use an alter ego. And uh, this alter ego is the perfect version of ourselves, according to us. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, and we name it. Now, my alter ego's name is Fred and Fred is perfect. You know, if, if, if Nelson's on a diet and he wants to shed a few pounds, you know, uh, and he opens the refrigerator door and there's a piece of cake there, you know, Nelson would sneak a bite. But, you know, Fred, my alter ego, who always makes the right decisions, you know, he wouldn't dream of, uh, you know, eating a piece of cake. So uh, we, we teach that strategy and really design that person, put them into certain situations and, and then answer how they would react in those situations. Because 
once you get in that situation, it's going to be a lot harder if you haven't already determined what you would do in those situations when it comes to your goals. So I've used this concept forever. And, you know, what you realize is you start to make those alter ego type decisions a lot easier. It's like a muscle. Mm -hmm. And what, what eventually happens is you and your alter ego start to grow closer and closer together. Uh, and then you, you start to realize there's even more and, and better decisions. And, you know, I'd like to think the first alter ego, you know, that I set up with Fred, the current Nelson has surpassed that and has become better than that version. And now Fred is even better. And I keep striving to get closer and closer to him, but you know, it's, it's just a great strategy to, to become, you know, to stretch yourself and to become that best version of yourself. We all have that uh, person, you know, that voice in the back of our head, that's always telling us to do the right thing. And uh, this is a great strategy to uh, listen to that voice a little more regularly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love that. It's that, that sort of future self thing, isn't it? Uh, that uh, yeah. uh, is key. Um, what, what would my future self, <laughs> if it was going brilliantly, <laughs> be thinking of what I'm doing now? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Lovely. So um, last couple of questions then. Um, in fact, no, I've got another question before my last two. Um, you wrote a book, didn't you? And it's got a, 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 a interesting uh, title, um, which completely makes sense given your origin story. Tell us more about your book. Yeah, it's called The Unlucky Sperm Club. You are not a victim of your circumstances, but a product of your choices. And yeah, um, it, it definitely has a unique title and some people, it turns some people off uh, and, and then other people are intrigued by it. But uh, yeah, it absolutely, it makes sense. Um, it makes sense from, from where I came from, but it, it's a book that talks about my life and, uh, and the lessons that I learned being born in the circumstances that I was born but more importantly, of being able to overcome those circumstances by the choices that I made. Mm-hmm. And I think we all have that ability. Uh, I mean, there's a, it, it's kind of a, it's a memoir slash self-help, you know, slash uh, murder mystery book. Uh, there's a lot of twists and turns in there and, and you know, everything from the, the circumstances of my birth, um, you know, all the way up through, uh, you know, some of the things that happened in my businesses and uh, with my marriage and my family, I really was very transparent because I think there's so many people out there. And, and I was there at one time, I would look at somebody who I, I saw as being successful in some area of their lives. And, and you think, oh, you know what, they were always like that, or it was easy mm-hmm. for them. And I wanted people to realize after reading my book that, it's never easy and it never happens overnight and it's a process and there's ups and there's downs, but we can all get to where we want to go as long as we don't quit and giving them the the strategies to really take control of their own lives, no matter what circumstances they were born in or what circumstances they find themselves in now. Um, you can absolutely change your life, you know, you, you, and, and I, you also, you don't change your life with one decision. You absolutely can change the direction of your life. And, and I want to, wanted to make that clear as well. But yeah, it's I'm getting great feedback on it. I just released it in November. Uh, but yeah, I get, I get messages every single day of people uh, 
you know, telling me how much they love the book and how much it changed their lives and how they're going to change after reading it. So it's been been very rewarding. It was definitely a hard book uh, to put out there because there's so many personal things and so yeah. many trials and struggles and failures that, that, that I've been involved with. But again, uh, I wanted to help other people realize that, uh, you know, life's not perfect, but uh, as long as you keep going and, and don't give up, uh, you can absolutely live that life of your dreams. Mm-hmm. So the last couple of questions, the, the first one is, um, what about those days where it all goes horribly wrong? How do you deal with those days? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it definitely still happens. And, you know, you you, you got to talk yourself out of quitting all the time, I think. I think we all still have to do that. I mean, fortunately for me, I've been through a lot of different businesses. I've been through a lot of struggles and I'm sitting on the back end of those and I can look back and say, yeah, I remember I wanted to give up then and I'm so thankful that I didn't. Mm. So I think I think some experience comes into play there. I mean, in my book, The Unlucky Sperm Club, you know, my marriage uh, was probably one or two arguments away from ending. And uh, as I said here today, I, we, we just celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary. Mm-hmm. And I can look at that and say, I am so thankful that we didn't give up. I'm so thankful that we kept working and kept getting back up after, uh, you know, struggles and trials. And I look at, you know, the, the past, you know, 15 years or, or so since, you know, our marriage was, was on the brink. And I look at all those great things that we were able to enjoy together and with our kids because we didn't give up. And, you know, same thing with businesses, uh, you know, uh, there were times where I thought, you know, during the last recession that I was going to have to go bankrupt and, and, you know, all my businesses were going to fail and somehow we made it through and just kept going. And now because of that, I was able to exit those businesses. And now I can sit here and talk about my story because I was able to get through that. So that's how I talk myself out of it. I know there's going to be peaks and there's going to be valleys, but I know in the long run, in that long-term perspective that I take, that everything is going to work out as long as I keep going, as long as I keep putting one foot in front of the other, no matter what area of life I'm struggling in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lovely. Thank you. And then the last question is, those days where you get to live more, and that's what I describe as the days where you get to do more of the things that you want to do and less of the stuff that you don't want to do. What do those days look like for you? Doing this. I mean, sh- sharing my story and helping people and, uh, uh, you know, I, I I got to move my office. I have a carriage house behind my house and I got to move my office there. And uh, when I'm when I'm not busy, you know, I I can go out and shoot hoops with my son who's being homeschooled and I can go have lunch with my wife and uh, I can go hop on my motorcycle and take a motorcycle ride and you know, I'm planning a trip just to get in my car. I have a bunch of extra miles on my lease because, uh, you know, we were shut down for a year and mm-hmm. I'm just going to go hit the road and, and try to use up all of those miles. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and that's the great thing, I, I think, you know, uh, is to have that long term perspective and, and understand that, you know, the things that I'm able to do today are because of the, the decisions that I made you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. And 
people need to realize that. I think so many people are caught up in instant gratification and, and feeling comfortable right now that they're not willing to do those things that are hard and those things that are uncomfortable with the anticipation that it's all going to pay off in the future. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Thank you, Nelson. It's been so interesting talking to you today. Tell people how they can find out more about you and get in touch. Yeah, you can go to nelsontressler.com and everything is there. Uh, the book, The Unlucky Sperm Club, You Are Not a Victim of Your Circumstances, But a Product of Your Choices is available everywhere books are sold, Amazon and Audible, if you like listening to your books. And then uh, we are constantly forming uh, groups or adding to groups at I Got Smarter. Uh, and you can find that at igotsmarter.com or again at nelsontressler.com. And that is available on the App Store, both Apple and Android. And I have a podcast, it's called The Unlucky Sperm Club. And we talk about other people who were uh, found in, uh, you know, unfavorable circumstances and how they persevered and overcame. So you can listen to that uh, everywhere podcasts are. Brilliant. Thanks, Nelson. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Attention, home-based coaches and consultants. Are you tired of feeling alone, isolated and frustrated with running your home-based coaching or consulting business? Are you sick of feeling like your life would be better and you'd be happier if you felt more organised and productive? Do you feel like there's simply not enough time in a day to get all the things done that you need to do to build a successful business while making time to live more? It's time to stop the isolation and start getting more organised, productive and focused on the skills that will move the needle forward. It's time to join the Power to Live More Calm membership. If you're ready to, stop creating the wheel and focus on the things that truly matter in your life and business. Learn what you need to know to be successful and live more. Get accountability help from a group of like-minded home-based business owners. To learn more about the Power to Live More Calm membership program and apply, visit powertolivemore.com slash get calm. Use your power to live more.